Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group, and I have published and edited the website, theweeklydriver.com, since 2004. Across the table is my friend and my co-host, uh, Bruce Aldrich, and today almost we... Almost forgot the name, I almost you? forgot my name. Jeez, when you turn old, get old in their 60s, things happen. Um, we have on a, an unusual guest today. We've we've covered a lot of different areas on the podcast, but today we have on Rini, and I've, I've been giving a, a phonetic spelling of her last name, is Paiva. Is that correct? Yes, Rini and, Paiva. That's exactly right. Thank you. And she is the Executive Vice President for Selection and Recognition for the National Inventors Hall of Fame. And the inductees um, this time around are uh, just all over the map in all different worlds. But what caught my attention, of course, was Carl Benz, who has been given credit um, through the years as the inventor of the modern automobile. So welcome to our podcast, Rennie. Um, thanks for being available. Can't wait to jump into the next half hour or so. Can you give us, uh, I guess, a good launching point with Give us a good background of the Inventors uh, Hall of Fame and its uh, its importance. Sure, I'd be glad to. So the National Inventors Hall of Fame has actually been around since 1973. Mm-hmm. Um, we were co-founded, <clears throat> excuse me, by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office and a group of intellectual property attorneys uh, who recognize that really it's so important here in this country to be able to recognize patented work. So the U.S. patent system, you know, really allows inventors to leverage the ideas that they come up with. And we really wanted to celebrate that and uh, give the people who essentially have changed our world the proper recognition that they deserve. So we've been in existence uh, since then, and we currently... Um, have expanded quite a bit. We run national education programs. And in addition to that, we have our museum uh, located in the D.C. area. It's actually in Alexandria, Virginia, located on the campus of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, where we can celebrate the achievements of the inventors who we're talking about. Well, uh, this year's list uh, is quite diverse. So other than Carl Benz, uh, let's just go through a few of those. Could you give us an idea of, uh, it must be an incredible task to, to whittle down, so to speak, the numbers of people who you might consider to each year the people who um, get elected. You know, it is very difficult, but it's also interesting, and sometimes it can be fun. Um, but we try to look, you know, we don't limit the inventors we're looking at to any particular area, the main requirement uh, is that they have a U.S. patent. And then the other thing that we look for and that our selection committee looks for is whether the work the inventors have done have done something to really significantly impact our lives, so socially, economically, um, you know, um, culturally. So if, I know it's a broad definition, but if it looks like an inventor meets those requirements, then our committee is is inclined to recommend them to become an inductee. I can imagine, before Bruce, is, I'm sure he's got a good list of questions as well, I can imagine I'm having a little fun here, but in a room where 
the discussion gets heated and you say, oh, that person's great. No, 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 that person doesn't qualify. So I'm having a little fun, as I said, but it's probably some lively meetings and when you guys determine who these people are and and, and it must be a lot of fun that way. It it really can be. And like I said, it also can be frustrating and difficult because there are so many great ideas out there. But you even take this year's class. You know, you were just talking, obviously, about Carl Benz. Well, he's on the list this year with the inventors of ibuprofen, you know, yeah. another <laughs> yes. <laughs> remarkable invention that's become ubiquitous. And um, how do you compare the two of them? But, you know, they're, they're so, so equally important in their own ways. What are the conversations with the, uh, the possible inductees? Um, I don't know, just take one, like say there's one of them I think is going in with Carl Benz is the... Uh, person who developed the voiceover technology protocol for uh, the internet so we could hear voice over the internet. Now, do you talk to those people before and say, or maybe they say, oh, well, really, that wasn't me. That was uh, somebody else or what have you, or are they happy to, how does that go? Sure. So before the, they are actually notified that they're inductees and we're going through the selection process, we usually don't talk to them ahead of time. Usually someone nominates them in some way, and we do pretty intensive research to try and just learn what that individual's role was in this particular invention. Maybe they were the main person. Maybe they were part of a team. But, you know, we try to find out as much as possible and try to find out if their, their achievements are major or more incremental. But then once we identify the inventors and have decided that they're going to be inductees, yeah, we do reach out to them and we have pretty extensive conversations with them because we run education programs. It's really important to us to just gather as much original content as possible, you know, that we can use in the curricula that our education team writes, everything like that. So it's quite fascinating what we end up learning. And you use the example of Marion Croak, who worked on That's it, yeah. voice over IP technology. And, you know, it's fascinating talking to someone like that because she really believes in the importance of just really encouraging the younger generation and, you know, is so happy and willing to have her story be used to to provide an incentive to younger kids to to want to grow up and do the same kinds of things. Sure, sure, yes. Um, and circling back to uh, um, Mr. Benz, now the French have something to say about the first car, I believe. And back to their early steam powered. How how do you justify or you balance that? Yeah, that's a really good question because. I mean, it's it's not unusual at all in any field of invention that there's a number of innovators who hold, you know, a really, really important roles. So one of the things that we do is we honor inventors who hold U.S. patents. So not all of the well-known inventors who we know hold U.S. patents. So that's one, one okay, thing sure. right there. That's a good, good, yeah, that's good. Right. So, so in this case with Carl Benz, he actually did hold a U.S. patent in addition to the well-known German patents that he held. But um, beyond that, we also look for, you know, achievements in particular areas. So we have, you know, we can, we can end up recognizing inventors, several inventors who are in the same field or several inventors who maybe were pivotal 
at the launch of a particular industry. So that's not unusual. Okay. In the instance of, of Carl Benz, uh, you touched on it uh, briefly earlier. Obviously, the man's deceased, and so um, how do the families, I'm sure it varies quite a bit in this case, how did the, the relatives, the families, the heirs, the, the people who are in charge of you know his, his legacy, uh, could you explain a little bit how that works, and do those people uh, partake in when he's honored? Right, that's a really good question, too. So it will vary whenever we're uh, recognizing someone who... Um, has already passed away. Some of them have family members who are very keen to attend the events we hold in celebration of the inductees. And for others, maybe, um, you know, they don't. So it'll vary. We'll have some relatives present, and and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we'll have company presence because, you know, the inventor is such a legacy person in the history of a company. And you know, you take Ben's, obviously, it's such a well-known name. So I think that that's a good example right there. And there's other inductees who are on this year's list um, for which that's true as well. And I understand the May 5th is the, um, of this year will be the, uh, the induction. Is that correct? That is right. We're going to hold our first in-person induction ceremony since 2019. So we are very much looking forward to it. Perfect. Yes. So I wonder if some of the probably the big shot uh, representatives from uh, Mercedes uh, will be in attendance there. They just might. We actually haven't don't have a finalized guest list yet, but those are exactly the kind of people who you know may end up being at the event. Um, it's it's really nice to see when companies are there, family members, of course, but also the companies, because sure. it's just it's it, I don't know it's just so meaningful when you see people gathering to celebrate again something that's really you know had an impact on on what we do and the way we live. I'm not sure my tux fits anymore, but I think I'd like to attend. That'd be great. <laughs> that oh, would be well, fun. We can talk oh, about yeah. that later. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I, another area that, it, when you mentioned it, it, it piqued my interest, and I, I think it's an you know it's an all walks of life. But when when young people are involved, so you have um, the the automotive industry, of course, has changed. And when you show somebody uh, talk about the person who invented invented uh, is given credit for inventing the combustion engine, or it's Henry Ford, or somebody who's an iconic figure. Elon Musk, a current one. Um, can you give us an idea of what, uh, when children or, or young people who may not even know what a manual transmission is in a car, um, uh, is there a good um, example of what that happen, What happens when, when a young person sees something like this in, in any walk of life, um, a, a good reaction that you've experienced, if, if there are some good examples? Sure. I mean, so... You know, our national program is called Camp Invention. Yes. So this is typically targeted towards kids at the elementary age level. And we find that we get all sorts of kids attending the program. And some of them are very, are already very into science and technology and engineering and math, all the STEM fields. And there are others who maybe don't have as much focus as some of the other kids And what we have found is some of those kids whose parents maybe, you know, kind of pull their hair out because they don't know where, where their son or daughter is going to 
you know, end up finding their, that their interests lie, mm-hmm. uh, will attend the program and see some of these very specific examples of what inventors have done before and then are given very specific challenges of how they can kind of solve their own problems and come up with their own inventions. And, and a spark goes off. That's great. And so to see something like that is just really wonderful. And, and, and one of the things that we try to do uh, whenever we have an actual inventor, one of our inductees, who is able to go visit one of these campsites in person, that's that really just blows your mind because these kids are looking at their real-life heroes standing in front of them. It and would blow my mind. I agree. Dogs. It would blow my mind. Sure. And I'm not a kid anymore. <laughs> yeah. I saw it's a little bit of a, a diversion here, but I saw a clip the other day from – the sports world where, right or wrongly, um, kids have heroes as well. And there was a clip of the Golden State Warriors player, Steph Curry, um, taking the time to go over and shake a young girl's hand. And the girl Mm. just broke down and was crying, and her mother tried to calm her down. And she was so ecstatic to meet her hero. And it was a really neat little scene to watch um, how Steph... Uh, you know, calmed this girl down and asked her a couple of questions and where she went to school, whatever. It was about maybe 45 seconds, but it was it was real upbeat and, and a wonderful little thing. But away from sports, what you just explained can happen in, in all different areas. And truth be told, it's nice to hear when it's not an athlete for once that they have a hero in some other area or somebody they respect in another area. So that must be a real treat. Yeah, I do know what you mean. I You know, you think of... Uh, we have so many inventors, they walk into a classroom or one of these camp invention sites and, you know, no matter who it is, maybe it's the inventor of the digital camera you yes. know, and he walks in and kids are just clamoring to get, you know, autographs and photos. And actually it's kind of fun to see the inventor of the digital camera uh, taking selfies with kids. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's a, a great one. Well, that's talk, a great about, one. talk about a keepsake. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, going into uh, a little bit more detail with, with Carl Benz, um, enlighten us about his, his legacy and uh, what you guys found out when you did. I'm sure you, you dug pretty deep into his background. And, and can you share a little bit about what you've discovered that might not be readily available? Sure. Well, I, I'm sure that you have a very well-educated audience in terms of automotive information, but mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. When he was nominated, we kind of looked at each other and thought, wait a minute, no one's ever nominated him before? Because, again, he does have such a well-known name. I did kind of wonder about that, yes. Yeah, and I think that goes back to the fact that, you know, if you think about it, there are millions and millions of issued U.S. patents. And granted, you know, a small number of those go on to be highly successful. But if you think about it, it's going to take a bit to to be able to recognize everyone who's had some sort of significant influence. You but, bet. But in this case, you know, we t- took a look and, and someone mentioned Carl Benz to us. And, you know, it seemed like a no-brainer. I mean, of course, he was a very entrepreneurial person back in the 1800s and started several companies of his own. Um, but it was really the fact... It, you know, that he came up with, as you said, the first modern automobile, kind of what we know today. He worked on gas engines to start when he first started his own company. And it was an early engine that really met with great financial success that allowed him to pursue his passion. And his passion 
defenseless vehicle. So he spent a lot of time doing that. And I think one of the things that struck us is that, you know, he did everything. I mean, he, yes, he had the idea, but he did everything else. He devoted the time to researching how to make it come to fruition. He actually, you know, built it. He, you know, got it patented and he didn't just, you know, reduce it to practice by creating an actual working uh, vehicle, but he manufactured it and he marketed it, you know, so it was the whole gamut from the idea to getting it into the mainstream. And so that is something that that really struck us. Uh, And then, of course, just overall, the influence that he had on the automotive industry really particularly there, you know, at the turn of the century, the late 19th century and the early 20th century, uh, and the innovations that he came up with. And again, you know, one of the big ones being the idea uh, that uh, that the engine of this automobile would be integrated with the whole body of the car. So it wasn't just working on the engine itself, but rather integrating the whole design together. And believe it or not, that was, uh, that was a new thing for the time. As I understand it, he uh, hadn't quite figured out steering, so it was, the first car was a three-wheeler with a tiller, but he continued to improve things and came up with the four-wheel steer, and, or not four-wheel steer, but the, a four-wheel car with traditional steering. And then m- exactly. many, th- many things to follow. He didn't die till I think, 1929, something like that, right? Right, right. And his wife lived much longer than that, actually. So, yes, he really did see quite a lot of advancement, not only through his own work, as you said, you know, his first three-wheeled vehicles, then he, then he figured out how to do it with four wheels. But, of course, then the other innovations that came about, you know, in this industry that he really helped launch. I just happened to be watching a movie last night that involved uh, a, a pretty lighthearted movie, but it involved time travel. And I wondered, you know, whether it's Carl Benz or any of the, the other inventors, if they were able to see where their invention has gone, whether it's with uh, the automobile, for example, if, if Mr. Benz would say, would look at a Mercedes Benz or an AMG and say, what have you done? Or whether he would be really surprised and it would t- it would it would be um, of interest to him these days I, i've wondered about that what what are some of the pioneers what would henry ford think of the where ford's gone um that might be something that i wonder if kids ever ask that what do you mean i can't look at that thing and think that's not that's not a mercedes-benz that's something else yeah and i think that you know asking them those kinds of questions it just spurs their creativity and allows them to see that you know, they can be just like those inventors. And it's funny, I think if some of those inventors from years ago did see, you know, how their work has evolved over the years or their companies, I, I don't know. I feel like many of them, not all of them, of course, but many of them would would just be so proud. You know, I think one of the traits that so many of these folks have in common is just their drive to constantly improve and and sometimes solve problems that, no one even knew existed at the time. Yes. So it's, it's, I think they would love it. Since we're thinking like kids, I, <laughs> I thought, do you, do you induct people who 
like this voiceover technology. Now, it's still being currently used, I believe, but 50 years from now, say, that technology is so old school, it's not even worth mentioning. Would would you induct consider inducting some, Marion, if this was 50, 50 years fast forward? Or Great Carl question. Or Carl Benz, if there's no more cars in 100 years? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think the simple answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> you know, if you think about it, and you can even look at some of the inductees in the Hall of Fame, but there are definitely inventors from the late 1700s and the 1800s who worked on, you know, innovations of the time that we don't use now or we don't see now. But it was it was quite an advancement in that time period. You think of maybe the the agricultural revolution that took place. And there were inventions, certainly, that came about that enabled all of that work. And we may not use them now, but we can recognize the fact that it had a huge impact on society at the time and really helped people to advance. So we would absolutely look at them in the future. Okay, yes, that makes sense. Thank you. One of my favorite cartoons from The New Yorker is probably 30 or 40 years ago where it shows three... Uh, cave people and mm-hmm. one is at the bottom of a hill and two are at the top and one of the three is tied to a stone wheel and the caption just says early experiments with the wheel on that and the guy's pushing one <laughs> of the cavemen down the hill so it always makes me laugh it's so simple but but so funny you know <laughs> um, I guess exactly. some of the inventors now would probably maybe they might think of themselves as simpletons maybe they might think of Look what I did. You know, it's hard to know, but it's it's all pretty fascinating. Yeah, and, you know, you really think about what it is they accomplished in that time period. You know, we're always looking at things through our modern lens. You know, what does it look like now through 2022? But you have to stop and try and put yourself back in that time period, in that year. You know, you look even at Carl Benz and, gosh, back in, you know, 1886, if you try to remember what what it was like then to realize what he did just becomes more impressive. Yes. Um, pardon me for not looking at previous years, but I do know that you're going to incorporate, since because of COVID, you're going to have a longer list and be able to celebrate not just this year, but I think the past two years of listings of, of people who have been inducted. But um, in the automotive space, um, this is where I didn't take a look. Is there someone else or more than one person who's been in the automotive world that's also inducted in, in the Inventors Hall of Fame? Sure. Well, I mean, just as examples, you know, even um, Nicholas Otto is in the Hall of Fame. And you mentioned Henry Ford. It's funny because um, I think most people think of Henry Ford, um, you know, as the founder of that company and of the model, they think of the Model T, but he did really incredible things when it came to the assembly line. So yes, there are different people from, you know, different, different areas of automotive uh, history. Sometimes it's individual components. Uh, You might've heard of Marian Anderson who came up with an idea for a windshield wiper back in the early 1900s. So that's you not know, very important. Not just <laughs> exactly. Still use them today. Still use. <laughs> yeah. Low tech. Sometimes they don't work, but probably hers work better in some cases. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Bruce. Well, 
that's a very good bunch of information. Um, I'm curious, does if you have an inductee, do they get a spot in your museum as far as their invention, or is many times their invention is already on display? Sure. So um, we always highlight an exhibit on the current year's class. So right now, um, you know, obviously we'll have created an exhibit that features Carl Benz. We highlight every single inventor in some way at the museum. And then the other things that we do beyond our website, where you can read about all the inventors, is we use their stories. We actually integrate them, as I kind of referenced, into the curriculum for the education program. So, you know, there might be a story about Carl Benz that really resonates and we'll decide to, to include it in part of the storytelling to help inspire the kids. You know the story about uh, Carl Benz's wife and what she did to help promote his work, right? No. But go please, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she actually was probably one of his biggest advocates and supporters. She actually, when they were first getting married, she actually um, funded his company oh. with her dowry, basically. And I did read that. Yes, heard, thank you for the reminder. I did yeah, read that. Yeah, yes. exactly. And so she, you may already know that she was really interested in his work. And when he came up with his initial, um, you know, what they called the patent motor car at the time, she, on her own volition, decided that she was going to take a road trip. And she did. She did it without her husband's knowledge. She took a couple of her sons with her. And she got in the car, drove, gosh, probably over six, a little over 60 miles from one town in Germany to another, visited with her mother, drove back, and obviously received a great deal of attention for what she was doing. Um, it was a yes. wonderful marketing effort. I guess. <laughs> That should be your next inductee. The, yeah, the original 60 miles in those days. Oh, my god! Inventor gosh. of the, the original exactly. road trip. Yeah, that's right. If only she had a patent, I know. <laughs> yeah. Then we would, we would put her in because she sounds absolutely amazing to me. Absolutely. What a husband-wife team that must have been. Did they have they had two sons or did they have more children? And did they, did they the had children, five kids. Five, five. kids. Did they, did they prove to be anything, those kids? Or did they? they you know, some of them did. I know that at least one or two of them went on to work with Carl Benz in his, you know, in one of the companies that he founded. Uh, so in various ways, they worked together. And I don't know what happened with all of them, but it is kind of neat to know that his legacy continued like that. Absolutely. Um, before we um, say goodbye for the day, could you give us a good synopsis of the different places we have a you have a website you have a museum there's all kinds of information give us a good capsule of um, the URL how people can visit if if that's okay to ask of course no I don't mind at all so first of all the easiest way to see anything about the National Inventors Hall of Fame is to go online our uh, website is very simple it's invent.org perfect so invent.org and on that website, you can find information about all of the inductees in the Hall of Fame, With this year's class will be up to 608. And in addition, you could see information about the education program. Say you were interested in seeing if there was a program near where you live for, for a child who you know, 
There uh, is a, a search function where you could look for programs that might be in proximity to you uh, over the summer. We actually have a program for college students, too. We encourage them to submit their ideas to us, and we put them through a whole judging and evaluation process, actually have their inventions judged by inductees, actual inventors from the Hall of Fame. So there's that. And then, of course, we have our museum located, like I said, in Alexandria. Now, the campus of the U.S. Patent and, uh, US Patent and Trademark Office is currently closed because they are teleworking. However, it will open up soon, and the museum is free to the public. Great. So if anyone finds themselves in the area, please come on by. We'll keep our website updated the moment the public is able to go in again. And, uh, and the other thing that I would mention is if anyone can think of just an amazing inventor who they would like to nominate, they'll find a nomination portal on our website as well. Perfect. That's, yep. I, I forgot to ask that. Since your name is so lyrical, how do you say your name? <laughs> I say it, Rini Paiva. Rini Paiva. Thank you, yep. um, Rini Paiva. <laughs> I love to say that. Um, <laughs> Executive Vice President for Selection and Recognition in the National Inventors Hall of Fame. We've talked about a number of different things, including the induction of Carl Benz. And um, thank you so much for um, the education, at least for me, this morning. And we appreciate you being a guest on the Weekly Driver Podcast. Thanks so much. Oh, it's been fun. Uh, Thank you for having me. We'll, We'll be back in touch. Enjoy the day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye now.